Hello, Johnny Horror Heads, and welcome to another round of the Johnny Horror Podcast. I am your host, Johnny Horror, here to introduce our latest episode in which we discuss As Above, So Below with Kaylin Behrman. Kaylin and I have a lengthy discussion about the picture in which we discuss our likes, our dislikes, alcohol, alchemy, and Dante's Inferno. Now, we did film this back in September, so if you hear any dated references, anything that hasn't happened yet or already happened, that's why. No, it's not because we're time travelers. Or maybe we are. That's neither here nor there. The point is, pour yourself a cup of booze and lose those underoos. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the Johnny Horror Podcast. Oh, and happy Halloween. Welcome back to the Johnny Horror Podcast. I am your host, Johnny Horror, and with me tonight, returning guest and handsome movie expert, Kalen Behrman. Kalen Behrman. What's up, everybody? How are you, sir? Good, brother. Uh, happy, uh, happy Halloween time, man. Happy spooky season. Happy spooky season. Um, do you have any Halloween traditions? Um, I'm getting some. I'm getting some. We we finally bought some Halloween decor. Hey. I've never I've never actually done that before. So this is my first year like decorating. You know, we have our apartment. And we're actually putting up Halloween decor. It's funny because a lot of it we like so much that some of it's probably not coming down at all. But yeah, yeah, we have uh, we have some stuff like that. Of course, you know, my wife is uh, an actual adult. Um, right. <laughs> She's so, a grown up. Like we will keep all that segregated in a in another room, and the rest of the house will be uh, as adults do uh, mm-hmm. proper. And, See, we uh, we have none of that going on here. Sandy is one hundred percent in on like our house can be as as us as we want it to be. So yeah, yeah. um, I uh, I like that. I I do like there's there's a sense of like structure like we all have like little things kind of like <clears throat> put in on shelves like tucked away or you know we have our our plaque that we mm-hmm. have uh on a mantle that has that says the horror family and we actually have this beautifully constructed um uh you know it's essentially an open coffin but it's got little shelves and that sits on uh, a mantle as well and you know, so we have like little things that are just like, I guess the word is tasteful, sure. uh, but uh, the all the like bells and whistles and loud stuff is all kind of like crammed into the uh, into the guest bedroom. Yeah. Uh, but you know, that's it makes it more fun to spend time in there, I suppose. Sure. Um, so you got some Halloween decor. What about uh, you guys going to do any haunts? You guys do trick or treating? You guys go to parties? What? What? Uh, or do you work because you're a bartender? I was going to say I usually work. Um, you know, Halloween's usually a working day for me. Um, I 
historically have gone to your Halloween parties. Um, but that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're going to do, we're going to do horror nights and, um, we're going to do some, we're going to go to some of the Halloween like stuff that they have going on this year, like down in LA and stuff. We're going to do some of that. I like that. Good for you guys. That's great. Yeah. Um, makes it so much more fun. Makes it also makes like, if you have to work Mm -hmm. on Halloween, makes it, Mm -hmm. you know, that much more palatable if you got to celebrate in other areas. Um, that, you know, for me, like, that is a, a day that I always request off. I mean, I will fucking work 4th of July. I will work uh, St. Patrick's Day. I will, mm-hmm. you know, work Labor Day, Memorial Day, all those fucking holidays. Like, mm-hmm. everyone else wants to go barbecue, get drunk on a beach. I'm like, yeah, fuck it. I just want to yeah. Um So, uh, um, yeah, I... Uh, I think, um, uh oh, hi, you want to come say hi really quick? Can you say hi? Oh, hi. you can't see. Say hi really quick. Hi. Hey, buddy. Hi, Kaylin. Hi, Kaylin. Say How hi, you doing, man. Hi, Ivan. That's Killian, everybody. Can you say, hi, I'm Killian. I'm Killian. There it is. <laughs> Just like his dad. If you like this video, click like and subscribe. Yeah, you guys have to like the video for Killian. You don't want to hurt his feelings, do you? Look at that face. Hey, thanks for watching my video. Like and subscribe. Okay. Like and subscribe. Good job. <laughs> All right. You need to go back up to your bed, okay? Is mommy here Mommy will be home soon. Go ahead. I love you. You go back up and watch your Peppa Pig, okay? This might be a minute. Yeah, that's okay. Take a quick break. See how this one takes. Second time putting him to bed. We'll see. We'll see <laughs> how it goes. See if it works out this time. Third time. Horse <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um. So yeah, that's uh, Halloween stuff. Um. I wanted to ask you. I can't remember if we discussed this. We've talked about your favorite horror movie before. We've talked a little bit about your your history with horror, but. What is what would you um, regard as the scariest movie you've ever seen? Something that like really fucked you up. Well, that's contextual, right? Because yeah, what yeah, time yeah, in your yeah. life did you watch it? So things don't really fuck me up anymore. Yeah, because you know I'm an adult man and I'm afraid of uh, car much, accidents, much bigger things, and global warming. You know what I mean? Like I have yeah. real fears now. So. Um, but the exorcist destroyed me as a as a child yeah um and uh honestly like the ring really fucked me up the american remake of the japanese film the ring you know that that really 
fucked me up when it came out. I know a lot of people had a really, really hard time with the ring. Um, it's never been one that like really like it spooked me for sure, but like it, um, and I and I watched it like as a as a teenager when I was starting to kind of like dip my toes in the whole. Like, do you know roughly how old you were? Um, probably about fourteen, give or take. Okay, because I, um, I think I was I was a young teen, and I think I was still just young enough that it really yeah. got me. Well, yeah. The thing is, is that like you know, I would you know take age out of the equation, um, just because I know a lot of people that were older than me. Mm-hmm. Like even my brother saw it, and he was, um, he saw it older than he was mm-hmm. older than I was when I saw it, you know, right. that mm-hmm. obviously I, I have an older brother, so he's going to be older, but you know what I mean? Like, yes, yeah, uh, he was older than you when he saw it. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, he was older than, than that when it came out. Yeah. So, um, and it messed him up. And I know a lot of people like grown ass adults that, you know, saw mm-hmm. it and it messed them up. Um, but that one, that one's always just like, honestly, I think the tape in that is scarier than, than, Samara, like I mean, I'm most I'm mostly talking about the tape. Yeah, I, the actual the actual tape is just the creepiest part of the the whole yep. flick. Yep. Um, the tape fucked me up. Yeah. <laughs> and that that and that one and the one jump scare. There's one jump scare in there that that. The one in the in the up. in the very beginning, right? With yep. The mm-hmm. Girl in the closet. Yeah. Yep. That's, that that really yeah. got to me. I was like one, maybe 13. Yeah. It really got to me. That was the one that my brother told me about. Like, yep. so I kind of he didn't really describe it but he told me that there was some girl in the closet and it mm-hmm. it scared the hell out of him yeah um, and it's a great scare it really really is it is <laughs> um so the exorcist the ring i like those 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 are good picks those are those are my scariest movies for sure yeah yeah i mean the exorcist is still to this day like that is a movie that i got to be prepared for to sit down and watch not only because it is like a fucking you know being raised religious sure does it still like you know it, it, i mean they they talk about you know if you're like in a cult basically like how you're brainwashed but i mean mm. being raised in in our religion is kind of the same way where very you, much so Especially the, the way that you were raised religious. You weren't raised in like a, a reasonable way, you know? Yeah. And and it's it it sticks with you. Even mm-hmm. when like you're mentally you know different now, but like mm-hmm. there is just like this emotional trigger and the, the exorcist is still to this day just one of those things that that triggers me. Um but I love it so much for that because it is so it does spook me, you know, it is scary. Um, but uh, I think the other one that uh, I, I had talked to talk actually with my dad about uh, was Alien. Alien is still a movie that I, I watch um, as a grown adult and I'm, I'm still kind of creeped out by it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just because that's just a very, very well-made scary movie, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, if you let yourself like, if you let yourself into that movie, it's really quite terrifying. You know. Okay, baby. Hi, baby. Um. Yeah, and it's just Alien is the ultimate haunted house, right? Picture, as far as I'm concerned, it really, really is. Um, but um, you know, we one day we'll discuss The Exorcist, and I've already discussed cool. Alien tonight. However, we are talking about a very underappreciated uh, film. If I'm, you know, uh, might be showing my my deck, showing your cards there a little bit, yeah, but. Yeah. Um, uh, we are talking about as above, so below. If you could not tell from the fucking banner, uh, <laughs> uh, a um, 2014 found footage horror film, uh, that was released to the opposite of critical acclaim, yeah, and, really negative uh, reviews. Yeah, I I think it uh, it did okay at the box office. I don't remember it, you know, um, really changing the game or anything like that. But uh, I uh, I digress. Uh, in the film, a bunch of dumbass treasure hunters go hunting for dumbass treasure and get more than they bargained for. Uh, blah blah blah. We've seen it all before. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, but this time those treasure hunters end up in hell, which I do think is a very fun spin on things. Now, before we dive on in to the, uh, uh, spelunking as it were, (laughs) um, uh, I'm, uh, I'm a little thirsty. Uh, I could go for a little cocktail, maybe a little Maybe a little bite, get a little bar bite. So we are going to go ahead and swing on by the bar and stop right in at Johnny's Well. So here at Johnny's Well, uh, we, uh, we're talking about cocktails. Uh, you are a bartender by trade. I am a bartender by trade. Uh, Kaylin, what, what is your favorite spot in the bar? My favorite spot in the bar? Yeah. What's your favorite spot in the bar? Oh, the well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, for the uninitiated, the well is where the assigned bartender essentially makes the drinks for the restaurant. That's pretty much what that position is, uh, more or less. Um, yes, baby. You got the doorbell. I knew it. Let's see it. Let's show everyone. Let's show everyone really quick. Well, let's show them what you got from the Halloween store. Wow. Whoa. That's creepy. I like it. Good job. I love you. Go on. Get out of here. (laughs) We should just have him do the sound effects for the show. Right? Um, but yeah, the well is, yeah, that's essentially what the well is. It just makes the drinks for the restaurant. Other bartenders deal with the, uh, 
the bar top guests. Uh, I feel like a lot of people maybe don't know that. Um, no, probably not. Uh, I always like, why is that one guy not not, not talking interacting to me. with me? Mm-hmm. Why is he looking at this screen or looking at mm-hmm. this this printing machine all the time mm-hmm. and not laughing at my dumbass jokes? Not laughing at my uh, bad jokes. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's why that's and it is for guys like us. I mean. We worked at Starbucks together, and you were good enough to always let me make drinks, and you would work the register because you knew how much I did not enjoy talking to people. Yeah. Um, I'm, I've gotten much, much better since my days at Starbucks, so much better. Um, but yeah. I, I can still very much wear my emotions on my shoulder. And when I'm annoyed or bothered by somebody, um, it, it, it can show through fairly easy. So, mm-hmm. um, uh, I like to work the well, cause you know, it's one of the few places in a restaurant where you are afforded some creativity. Yeah. Um, but that's a lot of mumbo jumbo to say <laughs> that uh, we're here at Johnny's Well and we're talking about cocktails. Um, before we go any further, are you drinking? What are you drinking tonight? It doesn't have to be alcohol related. But tonight we're... I'm having some uh, some raspberry bubbly. Hey, bubbly, sparkly water, and I'm having some because <laughs> I'm a wild man. I'm having some diet lemonade. I think you are. Living life on the edge there, pal. Double fisting. <laughs> Double fisting it. Double fisting. Water, and, water and diet lemonade like a real madman. Yeah. Diet and some bubbly. Mm-hmm. Well, Yesterday I was doing frozen strawberry margaritas and they were very good. That sounds lovely. Were you doing mm-hmm. that at home or were you? No, I was making them at home. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Now yeah. we're talking. Yeah. Well, me being a man of infinite taste taste and distinction i am over here drinking jack and coke that's my boy (laughs) very shortly gonna switch over to some angry orchard because that's what i have handy in my my mini fridge over here um but if you were gonna pair a cocktail with this film if uh you were a tenant bar and decided to throw on as above so below what would be the uh what would be the the drink special that you would be serving well i is it okay if i have two oh, please the more the merrier so i have i have one option that's like a stirred stiff drink yes and i have one option that's like a more easy to drink citrusy kind of drink the stirred stiff drink is called a tipperary and it's made with uh uh you use a premium irish whiskey so I would use something like Green Spot or Red Breast. And you use a good uh, sweet vermouth. Mm-hmm. And then you use um, chartreuse. Hey, Killian. <laughs> Aww. Wow, that's really, really good. Mm-hmm. You remember when you were supposed to be in bed asleep? <laughs> He's so cute, though. <laughs> He does have a habit of popping up during our episodes. I, no, he I does. haven't had a problem with this uh, right. since our last episode that we did together. So. 
That's funny. Maybe something about you, buddy. Maybe uh, you just like the the kid likes it. He thinks you're cool, Uncle Kalen. Uncle Kalen's pretty cool. Um, so yeah, Irish whiskey and vermouth, like sort of like a Manhattan with Irish whiskey. But then you also add uh, green chartreuse, French liqueur, mm-hmm. um, and it makes like a a really excellent sort of riff on a Manhattan. And I'm just I'm a huge on chartreuse. Uh, yeah, and it's French, I, so I, it, I feel it's like really you, you mentioned this previously. I God, I know I've had it before, but it has been so fucking long mm-hmm. like, probably the better part of 10 years since I've, I've had it. Can you mm-hmm. describe that flavor profile? It's actually a little bit tough to describe because it's it's made by Carthusian monks, and like, no one really knows everything that's in it, but it's got like 400 different herbs in it. Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. So like um thyme and pine and I remember uh, it being very herbal. Saffron. Yeah, it's it's like sweet and herbaceous. I like that. Yeah, it's 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 really lovely. And it 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 pairs very well with everything and especially chocolate. But um it makes a great a great sort of Manhattan riff. And that's a really nice, like, stirred drink. It's nice and stiff. It'll really get you there quick. Um, and, you know, it's made with with French liqueur, so I think that's fitting for this movie. Absolutely. The other one would be a drink called a French 75. Which I am very familiar with, actually. Right. And uh, you can make a French 75 with gin, and you can make a French 75 with cognac. Of course, we would be making it with cognac because we're watching a movie about France. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I actually have not made it with cognac before um i usually make them with gin yeah that's typically mm-hmm. what um what i get ordered at my bar um every now and then someone decides to be a little weakling about it and get mm-hmm. it with vodka but oh god uh, uh you Jesus know <laughs> i wouldn't be able to hold back the eye roll like okay it, there there is that you know and yeah there's, there's you know that's just that's just kind of how I feel about vodka in general. But yep. you know, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, spoiler alert: If you guys you don't know, no judgment here. You you guys can tell a bartender's worth by how they feel about vodka. Yeah, like a bartender who likes vodka is not a good bartender. <laughs> just so you guys know. Uh, yeah, it's uh, just. I don't know, man. It's it's just not it's just not great. Uh, but that's. That's a conversation for our bartender podcast. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Bringing to you uh, in the near future, I'm sure. Yeah, um, 2024. <laughs> I don't have enough on my plate as it is already. Um, <laughs> so I have one. This is actually a drink that we uh, we serve at uh, my restaurant. Um, it's one of our specialty cocktails, and it just just by the name seemed to suit uh it's called the el diablo uh it is a martini we serve it up uh with uh uh half tahine rim uh, consists of muddled serranos agave lime orange uh and tequila Shake it up, double strain, and garnish it with a jalapeno. Um, nice, it's kind, of, kind of a riff on a margarita. Yeah, um, yeah. it's uh, it's lovely. Um, it sounds like it. It 
was a drink that I really, really enjoyed when I first started working there. I would go in and order that on the, on my days off. Um, they have improved upon it with the tahini rim, I think, um, mm-hmm. the half tahini rim. Uh, but uh, yeah, it uh, spicy, hot, you know. I think if I think if me and the lady friend came in there, that's what she would get. So yeah, it's yeah, a, it's it's a lovely cocktail. Um, but um, good choice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As are yours. I like uh, I like that you went with the uh, the French themed, and I was very much just thinking about you, you know, were thinking about the hell theme, people burning alive. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, I'm mean too, man. When people order their their margaritas spicy, like yes. I just throw in so many serranos. Not only do I muddle them, but uh-huh. I throw in the ice. I shake it first mm-hmm. with the ice, mm-hmm. and then I add all the ingredients. And every now and then, I'll taste it. I'll be like, God, someone's gonna fucking <laughs> sue the restaurant because. Yep. They- Gave them like a fucking heart attack from the heat. <laughs> That's uh, <right. laughs> uh, but um, I uh, I am one for eating with with movies. What about you? If you are if you are having a meal, do you like to throw in a, a feature film? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's um, like my favorite thing in the world. <laughs> Yeah, I actually have like a really hard time unless I'm like out at a restaurant or something like that. I have a really hard time sitting down and eating any meal, breakfast, lunch, or dinner without like watching something, whether it be like yeah. a YouTube video, a show, or a feature film. Yeah, um, I'm the same way. Would you consider this this an eating movie? A uh, lot of horror movies, I find I associate certain things like if there's like a pus scene or like a goopy scene i don't want to sit down and and watch uh a film like that while i'm eating you know um pizza or something along those lines but would you consider this a film that you can eat with yeah i would yeah Yeah. Um, I, i can eat with this yeah i don't i don't really have that problem too much unless it's straight up gross out yeah, uh, like gross out horror, something like uh, like Evil Dead twenty thirteen or something like that. Yeah, actually, that one that one doesn't bother me so much because okay. it's mostly just blood. I guess there is like the vomit scene. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm watching, talking about. I was literally watching Saw three uh, with dinner tonight, which just <laughs> happened to be pizza, um, and because it's always just like it's like bloody, it's like gory, but it's not like like I said, it's more like pus and ooze sort of related mm. or just like really gross like 80s horror shit. Yeah. Um, but of course, I'm sitting there eating my pizza and my salad and there's a part where a uh, character starts just like vomiting and it's like really chunky and oozy <laughs> vomit. I'm like, what yeah. the fuck, man? Why? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. What are the yeah. odds? Like, <laughs> why does this happen to me? Um, but uh yeah i uh i think that as above so below you have ample amount of time to to start the feature eat a eat a meal before yeah there's anything before, before anything bad happens yeah you really yeah, do at, 
I don't even think this is this is a particularly gory film either. So um, no, it's not. I do think you're kind of in the clear in that regards. Yeah. Um, well, I got a nice full belly. I'm feeling good and liquored up. So I uh, think it's about time we leave the bar and go find ourselves some good stuff. Abandon all hope. Here at The Good Stuff, we just talk about the good stuff, the things we like about this movie. Um, Kaylin and I have not discussed this film at all. Um, That's right. We've never talked about this one. uh, I actually meant to ask you in our intro um, about your, your... first viewing of this film because this is a film that I reached out to you about if you had seen it or not and um, well what was your response to that um, I had not actually seen this mm-hmm. I'd never seen this movie I didn't go to the movies to see this back when it came out in 2014 because of the critical response mm-hmm. yeah that was it like so I, I, I was like oh that looks cool and I saw the critic critical reviews and i was like oh never mind and i didn't go see it yeah yeah i I watched this the first time when you hit me up and said hey let's podcast about this movie so that was it i I rented it on uh on amazon or whatever watch it at home yeah um you turn out all the lights watch it in the dark and shit like that you watch it at night i watched it at night with respect yeah yeah attaboy um and what was your thought, like, with uh, me asking you about this film? Like, what what's your, like, your your gut reaction? when My when gut reaction, happened? like, was like, God damn it, Johnny. <laughs> Why are you making me watch a bad fucking movie? Like, there's a, there's a whole world of good movies out there for us to talk about. You want me to watch this bad movie? But, you know, it can be fun uh, talking about bad movies. Yeah. And, um, and... I would say for the most part, we have pretty similar taste. We like a lot of the same things. Um, So I was like, well, maybe I'll like it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, Um, yeah. And it's because of where, because I mean, you know me, like, like, I don't, I don't know. Like we, we could just like, like if you want to get fucking nasty about it, I mean it's like it's like you can have like really nice, good, like good sex, right? Like it can just be like you just like have you know your standard basic sex and like you're you're making love, right? There's making uh-huh. love. Like Oppenheimer is going to the movies to make love. Yes, and watching. I don't know, like, like watching Halloween three is going down on someone's ass. Like, <laughs> like it's, there's one that's like, you can't deny that it's great, but then there's like my favorite thing, you know? So <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and I think right. I think most like if you can't deny mm-hmm. that like 
that there are just like good movies that we are both going to be like, yeah, that's a good movie. And I think so much of the things that we've bonded over have just been me reaching out to you and being like, dude, this move, this movie like spoke to me or you telling me about movies that spoke to you. Mm -hmm. Um, like the exorcist three, we've talked about this. The exorcist three is a movie that I, at the time in my life would have never fucked around with, but you were like, no, it's actually really, really good. Right. That's right. Um, trust me. Yep. And this before this is way before the internet caught on to how good it actually was. And maybe it up to be a little bit better than maybe what it actually is. But, um, and then there's like, uh, warrior in, I know we've talked about this before where I watched it and loved it, walked over to your house and watched it again. Like, you have to watch this movie. And I rewatched that movie like less than an hour afterwards because I loved it so much and you loved it so much. So um, I do think that we, we very much, you know, see eye to eye on a lot of stuff um, in that regard. Uh, So my viewing experience was, I had also kind of seen the trailers. I wasn't thrilled by the trailers. I really love the concept of this film. Yeah. Uh, I feel like my description may have been vague. These, these, uh, um, archeologists are looking for the philosopher's stone, which is, uh, an artifact. If you are at all, uh, familiar with Harry Potter or Harry Potter fan, that is, uh, the Sorcerer's Stone. Um, uh, I'm nerdy enough to have known what the Philosopher's Stone was pre Harry Potter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you're you're smart. So, um, <laughs> but it is essentially uh, a rock that, in layman's terms, the most basic of layman's terms, it is a rock that has magical powers. Um, uh, but uh, transmutation. Yeah, it's, uh, is it, uh, what is it, Femel? Uh, what's his first name? I'm sorry? What's, uh, Femel, the guy who supposedly, uh... Oh, I don't, I don't know. ...created it, uh, gosh, it's something, it's, people on the internet are yelling at me right now, um, yeah. uh, but, yeah, th- I do believe this guy was a real person, um, and, um, supposedly created the stone. Anyways, these these archaeologists go into the tunnels in um below france where they had originally um buried all of the dead during a a plague of some sort because they there was just so many bodies that they yeah it was in like it was in like 1200 or something like that bc uh uh ce um and yeah, the, the, the Parisian uh, catacombs. Yeah. And uh, they, they buried all of their dead down there. And you can actually go to these catacombs now. It is a tourist attraction. Um, I plan to do it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it looks just like a horror fan's wet dream. It really does. Um, yeah. It's trippy as all hell. But 
our uh, our heroes go through these catacombs, veer off, and tunnel their way deeper and deeper into the Earth's core and eventually find themselves at the gates of hell. Sounds like a really, really cool premise. Um, I saw the trailer, thought, eh. Like, particularly at the time, it was very, very... Um, found footage was just so... It was everywhere you looked. Like, I don't think we can really talk about the negativity surrounding this film without talking about how all over the place found footage was at the time. It was just huge. You had paranormal activity that kind of took everything to the next game or next stage in the game. Um, So there were just so, so, so many found footage films going out there. Some certainly better than others, but um, a lot of them just kind of met. And um, this film looked pretty meh you know so my wife and i we were in hawaii uh we had been there for a week uh staying with my dad and then we were uh waiting for a flight back and we had a couple hours to kill so we're like maybe we'll go to the movies and (laughs) there really wasn't anything we wanted to see. And so I was like, you know what? Let's just go see this one. Like, it was kind of like that, like that could be fun. If nothing else, it's a horror movie. And you, what, what else? You did it old school. Like yeah. back in the day when you used to just go to the movies and then figure it out once you got there. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's very much what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and I that's heard cool. a little bit of good stuff, enough good stuff kind of like from fans that it was, that I wasn't like, oh, we're absolutely wasting our time. I was like, it could, you know, end up being an enjoyable watch. Um, mm. And just, you know, again, without showing too much of my deck, we were we walked out of there pleasantly surprised. Um, so without any further ado, why don't you tell me about some of the stuff you liked about this movie? Yeah, check my notes here. Yeah, if you do that, I gotta grab myself a beverage. Okay. So, um, I'm listening. I like the movie. Me too. <laughs> Spoiler alert! I did like the movie. I was I was a little surprised. Like I said, I I knew that there was a possibility I would like it because we have similar tastes, but I also. I saw the reviews and was like, well, we'll see. Um, I liked the lore. I liked that it was a movie about alchemy. Yeah. I like alchemy um, as a subject. Like I think uh, the history of alchemy is interesting. Um, for people who don't know, alchemy was sort of the forerunner of chemistry. And it was sort of like real science and like, and like philosophy and also like some kind of bullshit magic. Like, like, you know, magic that they thought they, they thought they could do things that you can't really do, like turn uh, objects into gold or, or, or live forever, things like that, that you can't actually do. They thought they could do, but they also did some, some real um, early sort of proto science yeah. and, um, and had some really interesting, like philosophical concepts. So I, I'm interested in alchemy as a whole. So I like that this was about that. Um, I liked 
I liked a lot of the horror aspects of this movie. Um, there was a, a surreal and existential horror going on in this movie that I thought was awesome. Um, a couple of like really simple examples. Um, oh wait, we're gonna do a favorite scene part, huh? Yeah. I'm so, gonna go ahead and not do that then. Hold okay. On. Yeah. And like this movie was in a lot of ways sort of like a horror Indiana Jones movie. Um, so, this is and that's awesome. That, this is something that I knew like a I have it in my notes, but I was kind of waiting for you uh-huh. to talk about it because uh, our our good friend in common TK uh, saw this movie, really liked this movie, and oh, okay. his his main uh, appraisal of it is that um, that it is an Indiana Jones film. Yeah, it totally and, was. Uh, and once you have that in your mind, you cannot get it out. Like, mm-hmm. from the very start of this movie, like, the opening sequence, yeah. how it plays out and everything, it That's is right. a fucking Indiana Jones movie. Indiana Jones movie, yep. Um, and, <clears throat> like, the best Indiana Jones sequel that we had up to that point really right right um (laughs) uh and that's that's one of my goods too is that this this is just that is my first note is that this is a full-blown indiana jones movie and i i Mm -hmm. do think that the the opening um um the way it's it you know it sets up the mcguffin Yep. basically and you have to get this clue to get this thing it also mm-hmm. sets up you know the the horror aspect with uh scarlet seeing her father hanging there like it's already like the quest for this thing is already doomed from the start i really mm-hmm. really like that like mm-hmm. you don't already you don't have to go into the catacombs and start tunneling in to the depths of the earth for there to be warning signs against trying to find this thing. Um, 100%. I really, really like that. It's very foreboding. Everything about this film is very foreboding. Yes, very much. And I, I, I love that, that aspect of it. Or like the, do you remember the scene where the girl comes out of the club mm-hmm. and she's just fucking scary and you don't know why? Like there's nothing, I, uh, nothing particular about her. She's just fucking scary. Yeah, I was, love that. Uh, it was something that on this watch, I'm sure I, you know, knew it and caught it before, but like it stood out to me so much on this watch that I was like, I gotta look, I gotta look for her mm-hmm. uh, later on because the way that that shot lingers on her I was like she's important, yep. um, and I can't remember why because like I I know this film, but I was like I can't remember why what she has to do with the rest of the film, and then you see her once or twice after and you know the final time you see her it all makes sense um and i kind of read up a little bit about that character and fuck it we're spoiling it that mm-hmm. she's probably um uh what's his name is it uh is it it's not what is it it's not uh Benji, I wanted to say Reggie. It's uh probably 
Benji's like ex or something like that. Maybe his his baby mama. Like that's what fans mm. theorize on the internet. That's that he probably has a child that he uh is neglecting or something along those lines because there's something about her. I can't remember what it was. Oh, she's holding a baby at some point. Yep. Uh, in the in the going the catacombs, yeah. Yeah. Um and I like that. Like mm. that's a that is a thing. That's another thing that they do really well in this picture is they they plant seeds to everyone's what everyone's thing is that that haunts them. Um whether or not the payoff is there that's another thing uh um but you know i digress there there'll be more on that later um i think as far as uh found footage movies go though particularly at the time this one's really really good because we were getting to a point where the audience was questioning the the logic behind the found footage like why would yeah. you still be recording right yeah yeah for sure why are you still recording this stuff and this is really one of the first films that i can remember that it made sense why they would still be recording because their their cameras are right. yeah um and that was really, like, I thought that was really, really clever at the time. Like, now, since then, filmmakers have gotten wise and they started, um, you know, doing stuff like that, making it make sense. But at the time, yeah, no one was doing that. No one was giving a reason for why these, these people would still be recording during all this shit. Hi, puppy! Yeah. Which one is this? This is Todd. Hi, that's a great name for a dog. I love that. <laughs> Hi, <Yeah>. Todd. <laughs> Sorry, that's he can he, he can be pretty uh pretty demanding when he wants attention. So I know how that goes. Actually, you've uh, <laughs> <laughs> you've seen yeah. how that goes. I've I've met your son and your dog. <laughs> <laughs> they are both. <laughs> You've met my wife. And your wife. (laughs) (laughs) I'm the only one. I'm the only one that's like, when I want love, like I go hide in a corner. I'm like, eventually someone will show up. (laughs) Someone will find me and pay attention to me at some point. Everybody else is like kicking in doors. (laughs) That's right. Um, uh, what, what What were some other standout good things to you? Um, I mean, I... it's hard because this is, I do believe that this is a film that really has, I would say it's like 75 to 80% just good, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah, it's and good. Yeah. There are some, unfortunately, there's some big issues that keep it from being like a fucking, yeah, a masterpiece know, or whatever. Yeah. Amazing film. But it's just, I think it's just a very competently made film. Um, uh, so it is hard to kind of be like, oh yeah, this this thing right here was really, really good. I just think it's... Well, good. like, I like the cast. 
I thought yeah. it was like I thought it was really well like like I thought like it was really well blocked because like they had to you think about the logistics of shooting that movie. Mm-hmm. I thought they did a really great job with like blocking and staging and um I thought the cast was strong. You yeah, know? I, I I think the performances are really good in this because they're mm. all it's all very believable. No one's yeah. no one ever feels like they're overdoing it or underdoing it. Everyone mm-hmm. feels like very believable in mm-hmm. these scenarios. I don't look at it even when like no, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, 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 please, please. Well, even even like when the writing isn't totally believable, the people yeah. still are. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Every yeah. now and then there's a there's a funky line of dialogue. Yeah. Or something like, yeah, maybe you wouldn't say or do that in that scenario, but the acting is good enough to rise above yeah. the the material in that regard, which mm-hmm. Again, for a horror movie of this caliber, that right. could not be the case, <laughs> right? At totally. all, totally. Like, I should yeah. be rolling my eyes mm-hmm. a lot more than I am. Yeah, um, it's not usually like where they elevate what's on the page, right? In in this type of low budget horror flick, by yeah. no means. Um, yeah. and I don't think like. I'm not saying like I think like these actors don't have what it takes. It's just they're they're just kind of like your standard like average actors. None of them. I'm not gonna say they're they're you know B actors. None of them are superstars, but right. they're just kind of like riding that line. So when you are in that you know just standard, I do this for a living sort of. Um, you know line usually you aren't the in a position to rise above the material that's right um typically yeah but uh yeah the the performances in this are just they're solid you know i very believable is probably the best way i could uh could phrase it um i think i i can round all this out by just saying this is a great this is a really great premise. Like, I love, 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 love any story regarding, like, hell. Because I, I feel like it's largely unexplored. And when it is, it's done at such an arm's length. Yeah. Um, and I do feel that this, this movie falters in that regard because it does still stay at arm's length Uh i feel like people are very uh creators are very maybe really overly cautious to get into the thick of what hell really looks like uh in terms of like serious material Mm -hmm. i think in a comedic aspect, people will, you know, fuck around there, but just like going full force for what, uh, hell is and looks like is taboo for some reason. And I'm not really sure why, because I feel like it's such a gold mine. Um, so much of this film plays into, uh, the text of Dante's Inferno. Yeah. Um, so so much of it I think I it's like all based on it. 
Uh, yeah, I honestly I meant to do a little bit more research in this regard and have like some notes uh, in regards to that. But every level that they descend to, oh, okay, it's like a circle of hell from Dante's Inferno. Levels, it's all the different levels of hell in Dante's mm-hmm. Inferno. Um, oh God, which is re- like again that adds just a whole other level of gravitas to this yeah. film that they are diving that deep in ancient like fucking text yeah, me- medieval about, literature yeah about this yeah. It, it just gives it that much more oomph i feel like because i had read about it do, like do you do you really really quickly just want to tell the audience what dante's inferno is so to my limited knowledge, because mm-hmm. I've only ever just kind of skimmed. Sure. Never have I, I've just like gone on the internet and like looked at different things on like fucking Wikipedia. Right. Roughly. Um, right. But it's essentially uh, just very vaguely a, a dude's trek through hell, basically. Right. It's, it's, it's a story that a guy wrote about him imagining a person going through hell yeah and so he 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 and he imagines hell in very very specific detail yeah and it's fucking bonkers (laughs) yeah it's bonkers like he was eating some weird bread or like or or found some interesting mushrooms in the forest before he wrote that because he was he um, was what he was doing was dicking around with alchemy is what he was doing right (laughs) right, fumes were getting to him that's right (laughs) (laughs) that's right that's so right. He got some really good fumes because, um, because that story and the descriptions of hell are, are very specific, and uh, I can't imagine a person sitting around and imagining something to that kind of detail. It's uh, is quite fucking bonkers. Yeah. yeah. Um. Well, writers were a lot more patient back then, <laughs> which which I find ironic because they had less time to live. you might die from a toothache tomorrow (laughs) um but uh yeah so each level of hell and i i can't really remember them right now actually hold on give me a brief moment here i can uh i can pull it up i should have had this ready to go i'm sorry like uh there was a couple of days ago i was like oh yeah i gotta pull up all that dante's inferno shit that way i have that ready to go and i'm like i can sound smart uh (laughs) on the podcast for once um because i'm always doing this shit where i'm like no what's the person's name like i know people's names like in any like given conversation but the minute i'm recording and i'm had a little bit of alcohol i'm um, well, I get that, man. I get that. I can't always, I can't always recall stuff that I know, and it, that's mm-hmm. very frustrating because, like, it's stuff that you know, but you can't always access that information. All right, brains are funny like that. Yeah, it's funny or dumb, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> um, it's funny that I remember this this sticking out to me that uh, Dante's Inferno is referred to as the divine comedy 
Um, <laughs> here, it, it was the same right here. The Divine Comedy is considered an epic masterpiece and a foundational work of Western canon. Um, we offer this short guide to the nine circles of hell as described in Dante's Inferno. So the first circle is limbo. Um, second circle is lust. Third, gluttony. Uh, fourth, greed. Fifth, anger. Sixth, heresy. Seventh, violence. Eighth, fraud. And ninth is treachery. Now, if some of those sound familiar, then you are probably uh, well acquainted with David Fincher's Seven, um, uh, which Dante's Inferno is referenced uh, a number of times. But um, again, if I had really been up to speed on all my shit, I would be able to describe in detail each level of hell that they go through is all based in this. So you're just going to have to take my word for it. Um, but, you know, that's just in keeping with the Johnny Horror podcast. <laughs> things. So, you know, I guess I can't be too mad because at least we are consistent in our inconsistency. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Never um, know which way we're going. But I, yeah, I, I do think that this is a film, all in all, that is more good than it is bad. And uh, there's a lot more going on, uh, pardon the pun, underneath this than um, I think critics and maybe your average viewer and people that haven't watched it at all or you know give it credit for um but uh without any further fucking ado we are gonna leave the good stuff and go ahead and get ourselves some of the shit Kayla, what didn't you like about this movie um Okay, so this one isn't a gigantic criticism, mm -hmm. but it, it the writing to me was a little wonky at times. In mm -hmm. particular, like early in the movie, like I have it right here on my notes. Let me see what I actually wrote. I put, nobody would help this crazy bitch <laughs> because she's fucking insane and she's endangering everyone around her and everyone is just like down to help her. And I'm like, like if I were, if you and I, were the people in this movie and this chick was like hey let's go get ourselves arrested in paris and then killed in the catacombs we'd be like how about no yeah <laughs> we're not doing that you know what i mean um that 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 is something that stuck out to me on this watch i mean it stuck out to me before but particularly on this watch where i'm really trying to be critical um i was like in particular her estranged lover um uh, played by uh, blah, 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 um, Ben Feldman. His name is George? God. He's definitely not a George. He's he's totally a Ben. He's not a George. Um, Mocha. Sorry. Um, yelling at my dog. Yeah, no worries. Uh, I'm trying to get into some food. And now, she's, now she wants to say hi, too. Say hello. hi, everybody. Hello to Pops. Smoke oh, up. Pops. 
Um, yeah, when uh, just uh, George, who's been burned by her before, like left right. fucking prison and shit right. like that, like right, like you wouldn't you wouldn't help yeah. that chick, and also even like him, like. It was like he was okay. So this is there was weirdly, weirdly unrealistic things that didn't need to be there that I don't necessarily hate, but I don't think totally makes sense. Like fixing the clock, right? Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> People don't break into places to fix clocks. Mm-mm. Or like at at one point, um, the guy who's guiding them down below, what was his name? Papillon. Papillon. He's he's got a goddamn smoke bomb. People in real life don't have smoke bombs. Yeah. He's not fucking Batman. Like, why do you have a smoke bomb? Yeah. There was just little things like that where I was like, that's just really weirdly unrealistic and, and unnecessarily so. It yeah. didn't bother me very much, but it's just, it's it's noticeable. You know what I mean? Yeah. There there are a couple of those things that I feel like had this movie been made today, certain yeah. things like that would have been ass because now very rarely do studio executives get it right, but I feel like they are in a position now where a lot of times when it comes to stuff like this, they'd be like, yeah, your average audience member is going to think that's stupid. Right. Like, don't do that. Like, right. find a better way. Like, I do think th- those little things, like, the clock thing is is a particularly weird introduction for this character. Exactly. It's just weird. It, it's it's weird and it doesn't really make sense. And you could have he, very easily just done something else. He yeah. should have been, he shouldn't have been in wherever. I feel like they were, they were, were they in France when they found him? I can't remember. Um, or in, yeah. Yeah. I think they were in France. Yeah. yeah. Like dude should have been in America just like trying to get a real job after, right. after being in an Iranian prison or some shit wherever he was. Like, that motherfucker was not breaking in and trying to get himself arrested again. I'm sorry, he wouldn't be doing it. No, you really wouldn't. You Uh, really wouldn't. Like, if you spent time in a foreign jail, you wouldn't want to do it again. Yes. I think, um, and I think that would have, like, added to the globe-trotting aspect of the film. Mm -hmm. And that's Mm -hmm. such an easy thing to do, too. You just be like, hey, we're doing this. We're. I know you're here, but I will pay for your ticket if you come to France with me to help me do this thing, and and we're done. Like, mm-hmm. maybe it's harder to get in there, and maybe it's harder to convince, like, as far as story wise. But it's less like what the fuck because that is just a scene as wonderful and beautiful as it is because it is just like a a nice scene in the context of the film. It just. Just it doesn't of, make a lot of sense. Like, it, it feels like a it, scene that somebody wrote and they just really wanted it in the movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it bothers me that the the bell that that rings is the bell that's on a s iPhone. Like that's a that's a uh a ringtone on an mm-hmm. iPhone, the bell sound effect that oh, rings. Wow. Uh Jeez. when he when he fixes the bell, so I'm like, hey, that's like I know what that's that is. Crazy right there, guys. Yeah, all it's, this that's a little lazy. And doing that whole thing. Um, mm. Yeah, no, I I get that. Um, any other uh, big big no nos that you got listed? Yeah, well, so I generally, um, I liked 
a lot of the surreal nature of the horror that, that I, I don't want to say specifically because it's going to be in my favorite scene stuff, but I like the surreal nature of the horror and I liked that it. it leaned into the supernatural to a degree, but I actually felt like the movie leaned too far into the supernatural where we got to a point where there were no rules. Yeah. So like, because the story is so grounded to start, um, we got to a point where there were no, it felt like there weren't any rules left to the, to the story. It felt like it was just like, now stuff will just appear and kill you. And it had felt like a more, it had felt more grounded to me than that originally, not entirely grounded. I'm not saying I wanted a movie that wasn't, that was like avoid the supernatural. There are like, there are, we're going to treat this like an Indiana Jones film, which I think we should. Yeah. Um, you have to set up your rules, basically, and then you have to follow them. Right. Now, I feel differently in regards to the horror aspect. That's one of my one of my negatives is um, I literally say it doesn't go hard enough. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for a movie about hell, like, are you at all... Are you at all familiar with the film Event Horizon? Yeah. I've seen it. Okay. Now, that is another film about hell. It's about hell and space, basically. Um, and the little glimpses we get of hell in that. Again, that's that's a movie that I know wanted to go harder, but they cut a lot of stuff out. Yeah, uh, right. I think if you're in hell... Hell should be hell. This kind of goes back to what I was saying before, where I think there's a very taboo way about it, where people are afraid to show what... By by all accounts, hell is the worst thing imaginable, right? That's why... That is why... Why we call it hell. People are doing everything they can to not go to it, right? That's why people go to church. They want to save their souls. People will lie and say it's all about, it's all about loving God because they really want to love God and that makes them feel good. But no, they're afraid of going to hell because hell is the worst thing that we collectively as a society have come up with. Um, that we've come up with that is a figment of our imagination. Let me clarify. The worst thing that we have come up with is... An idea that we have come up with, yeah. The thing that we can absolutely destroy everything with is the worst thing that we've come up with. Um, But as an imagination, as a collective hallucination that we all seem to share it's the worst thing ever and we're all doing what we can to avoid it so in that regard the film fails for me because if you go to hell and um spoiler alert you escape no no unacceptable like i'm sorry (laughs) particularly unacceptable character that sent them there to begin with Mm -hmm. you do not you don't get out you don't Mm -hmm. get out that is my biggest gripe that is the thing that 
takes this movie from like a fucking 10 out of 10 to what my my rating is for it now, which is that the there are three characters, there are fucking three characters that survive this shit. Um and they should all burn. Like they should all suffer and they should all go the way of Papillon. Like they should all be sucked into their their failure, their thing, their anxiety, their fear. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Um, I hear what you're saying. I I I do want to say I I loved it that they escaped because because i was a hundred percent sure they weren't going to i love that they swerved me like that and and that was so for me that was actually part where the the writing got a little less wonky because she understood that there was a specific thing they had to do to atone right she she understood the rules of the place they were in and was like this is what we have to do and they're like you're crazy if we jump down there we're gonna die and she's like, no, no, that's what we have. That's the only way to get out. And then it was. And then they got out. And I thought for sure they were going to jump down there and be like, we're going to get out. And then they're all going to die. And because they didn't, I felt like the movie really swerved me, like for real. And I was impressed because movies don't swerve me very often, right? I'm usually like, these are the things that are going to happen in this film. Um, so I thought that was really impressive. And um, I was watching it with Sandy and she agreed because she thought like, oh, they're going to, they're all going to die. And it was impressive that, that they found a way to have them live in a way that didn't feel totally cheap and cheesy, but felt kind of earned and also was totally surprising. So I actually, I actually think that's a strength of the film. Um, well, I like <laughs> that you've made me consider that. I, yeah. I say that because that, I was thinking for a second you were going to go, well, you're wrong, so fuck you. No, 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 no. Uh, <laughs> honestly, as you're talking, like, I had really, I, I was thinking about how I had found myself um, really considering that I felt differently about the ending on, on this, this rewatch. Like, it really bothered me the first time that I saw like really really bothered me because I was convinced I was like like from the start before before I even saw the movie I was like well they're all gonna die like, right exactly what happens when you go to hell that's you, what happens when you out. go to hell you're all dead you don't get out yep, um, exactly and like horror films at that time that was yeah. what happened yep 100%. So in in particularly in the way you're describing it and what your expectation was and me thinking about again how this is like you know the saw franchise has had kind of filtered out by then but that you know very um nihilistic extremely nihilistic was mm-hmm. was still was still kind of in the zeitgeist for horror movies. Yeah. 100%. And a lot of times I don't like that ending, like particularly if characters have done the legwork to get out. Yep. And, and for me, that See, is, I just, think that's cheap when the character earns their way out and then you kill them anyway. Like yeah. to me, that's very kind of edgy boy. Like I killed him anyway. It yeah, can be done really I, well, but I don't, I don't like that. 
Yeah. The thing with it for me was that, and this goes back to kind of what I was originally stating was that I feel like there was a lot of buildup for a lot of these characters, the George and his brother, Mm -hmm. Scarlet and her father. Like the bit with Scarlet and her father where she's like hugging her father. She's like, I'm sorry, I should have called, you know, and then she runs off like really quick. Like, like I was like, that should have been more of a moment, you know, you should have been in tears. That should have been something that really bothered you. Instead, it feels contrived. Like I got to get out of here. So this is the thing I'm doing so I can get out. Um, I, you like had have you watched the descent have you seen the descent i have the descent is a uh, another film that i feel like is very parallel with this this flick in the sense they're going deeper in order to get out um and that one probably paints a more accurate picture of what fucking hell would look like yeah uh, for the record i don't like that movie um <laughs> it, it is not a fun movie. It's not a movie I've had to put myself it's just through again. It's not fun. Like yeah. it it's a movie that I think about fairly often. I'm like, I should watch that movie. I've only watched it a handful of times and it is a terrific horror movie. Um but every time I think about it, I'm like, it's a terrific horror movie because it is just that. It is fucking horrific. Mm-hmm. There is nothing there is nothing enjoyable about that movie. There is nothing fucking fun about that movie. I don't know if you remember this, but there was actually one time I was hanging out with you and, and Celeste and she was like, do you guys want to watch the descent? And you literally said, I'm not down to go that dark right now. Yeah. I don't know if you remember that, but that, yeah. I, I don't want <laughs> that, that, your response. that yeah. out because mm-hmm. it is 100% how I feel about the movie. Like, I think it is a terrific horror picture, but, I've not been in the mood to watch it in a very, very long time. I don't think the mood will ever strike me again. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I think Brian feels the same way. I, I, that's a, that's a nightmare movie for Brian. Um, I bet, he, he swore to me he'd never watch it again. Um, <laughs> and I think that's probably the only time I'd ever be down to watch it again is if I could it's to make Brian watch it. Same. I can watch it freak the fuck out. That's um, right. But that to me, like, had the characters gone through, like, fucking, like, diving in a pool of blood, body mm-hmm. parts everywhere, like, murdering your friends, and then I fucking escaped, like, mm-hmm. I did it, like, that payoff feels more earned to me than, like, three characters that are like, you know, I feel really bad about this. <laughs> Mm-hmm. This is the thing I feel bad about. And I don't know. Like I I think there were I think there were financial limitations. Absolutely. And I think there were logistical limitations, not to like make a bunch of excuses for them, but um cuz I I do think that that part of the movie you're describing where they're all just like, "Oh, I'm sorry," and then they get out. I do think it it's off the rails a little bit. Yeah. Like I I don't think it's the same quality as the rest of the movie. Um, yeah, the, the ending yeah. does feel rushed, right? It, it does. does yeah, it like, does. No, I agree with you. Yeah, I see that too. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, they were they're actually filming in the catacombs below Paris. Yeah, which which is fucking dope. It's dope as shit, and it's also fucking bonkers. It was probably really hard. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, well, we're going to take just a, a quick little break here because I, you know, have to pee. I don't know yeah. how you, if you're, you're, you have to pee because you're drinking two different drinks at the Double same time. Over here. I have to pee. Uh, we will be right back to uh, talk about uh, As Above, So Below. Johnny Horror Podcast. We were talking about as above, so below. Sorry, I had to take a, a quick uh, pee break because I just love alcohol so much. Kaylin, <laughs> do you love alcohol as much as I do? Yeah, I do. It's, it, what, what, I love that, booze. That, God, it's just, it's a fascinating substance. I love drinking drinks. I love making drinks. Like, I, Yeah, I love making drinks. To make a good drink and know it's a good drink is mm -hmm. is just when you do that that taste test before you send a drink out and you're like yep. fuck and you're like yeah and you're like i did it i nailed it yeah yeah it's a good feeling yeah i'm actually like i'm weirdly passionate about bartending i have uh two shelves of of books on on the craft of bartending yeah i um mm -hmm. that is actually uh one of the many many things that i admire about you is how um how dedicated you are because i i think like for me it is it is a job it's a job mm -hmm. that i'm passionate about but at the mm -hmm. end of the day it is a job when i'm there yeah. i want to i want to do it an a plus effort give an a plus effort make sure the quality of the beverage is good um and you know if I if I send something out with my name on it, I want to make sure it's good. Oh yeah, man! If it's going uh, over my over the top of my bar, it's something I'm proud of. Yeah, every time. Exactly. Um, and when I'm there, I want to learn. I want to gain as much knowledge as possible. When I'm at home, people ask me. People at the bar ask me, like, "What do you make when you're at home?" I'm like, "Make fucking tequila sprites and Jack and Cokes." <laughs> Jack and Coke. <laughs> Like if it's Whiskey more than meat. two ingredients, I don't want to fuck Beer. with it. See, that's 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 where we differ, though. Um, I make cocktails at home. Yeah, yeah, I love that, and I love yeah. that. I love that every time I get you on this podcast, and it, part of the reason that I kind of ended up making the 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 drink question a, a staple on this podcast, which it is and will be moving forward is because mm -hmm. now anytime I have you on, you're, you're talking cocktails with me. You're giving me knowledge about stuff that I don't know. Cause every time you, you, I'd like to think of myself as a fairly experienced bartender. Like mm -hmm. I know a lot, a lot of cocktails. I know a lot about alcohol, but there, I, I know a, a drop in a pond. Um, in you know comparison to you and a drop in an ocean in comparison to all the the knowledge that there is to be known so right. um i love that you bring that quality uh to these conversations and i i'm i'm very appreciative of that um but continuing on our discussion of uh, as above as so above below, so below. <laughs> um Sorry. 
did you have any random thoughts? Any like any like weird thing that wasn't necessarily good nor bad, just kind of was like whatever or anything that stuck out to you in that regard, or do you want to move on? Um, I think we can move on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't really have anything either. Um, nothing. I I feel like we've covered kind of the good, the bad, and everything in between, more or less. I have, uh, I have one, one quick thing. One yeah. quick thing. I really loved the little weird cult in the beginning. When, not in the beginning. When they first got down there. I loved that. And I wanted, I wanted more of them. I told Celeste on this last watch. I was like, you see that right there when they walked mm-hmm. past all those fucking people singing? I was mm-hmm. like, I would have left. I would have, I would have turned right the fuck around and noped the fuck out. <laughs> yep. I'd have been like, dear yeah. please. Please I arrest me. gladly spend the night in prison. Are you fucking kidding me? Yep. Like, I don't that's the first thing sacrifice. you're going to get for, like, trespassing. You're going to spend a night in, in like, jail. That's you're it. You're going to spend a night in jail, and then you're going to have to apologize to a judge and do some community service. Yes. Not a big deal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, the yeah. minute those people are down in the caves on some, like, random-ass tunnel off of the catacombs, and they're yep. all, like, in robes with, like, fucking torches and red makeup on their face— Yep. Fuck that. Fuck this. Yep. I'm out of here. Fuck out of there. Ah, yeah. Okay. We're in agreement on that. Um, well, now that we've wrapped up, uh, the good, the bad and the random, go ahead and give me that rewatch. So here on the rewatch, we're going to be discussing a number of things, uh, mostly the rewatch value that the film has, uh, but kind of just the quality of the film in and of itself. Um, as uh, as horror fans of as uh, uh, cinephiles, if I can call us that, it feels so official. Um, you know, we send each other fucking video clips on Instagram. We talk about our favorite movie scenes. We rewatch and talk about movies that we rewatched a hundred times over again with each other. And we have done that for years and will continue to do it. So that is what we discuss in the rewatch. Um, so with that said... Kalen, what is your YouTube scene for As Above, So Below? Your YouTube scene being a clip that you would show someone who is unfamiliar with this film, who has never seen it, a clip that you would show them to get them hooked to watch the rest of the film. Um, I would probably show someone... Uh, gosh... I might show them the part where they walk into the club, scary girl walks out of the club, and they go in there and they're talking to uh Yeah, talking to him about about getting down below. Um just sort of avoid spoiling the the stuff, just to give you an idea of what, what's going on in the movie. You you get the sense that it's creepy. You get the sense they're going down into the catacombs, and I, I think that'd be probably that that a clip of that. I like that. Yeah, yeah. There's, uh, there's enough uh, exposition going on there to kind of... Really- right, exactly. See, I, I learned this uh, doing the Thing podcast with you and Brian because I didn't know how to 
you know, what do I clip for people? And then you guys had something fucking perfect. I can't remember what it was. Oh, we, we had the, uh, we had the, um, Norwegian outpost. Yeah. See, that was a great idea. <clears throat> yeah. You're not spoiling any of the monsters or anything like that. And you're just, yeah. But you're, yeah. you're giving people an idea of the quality that they're, they're walking into. Yeah. Yeah. See, for, for me, I, I think mine's kind of a cheat, but I think it works perfectly in this regard. Um, I would show them the opening. Like, I think that yeah. cold open all the way to when the credits go or the title rolls, um, mm -hmm. which is a great title sequence, just subtle and cool. Um, but that cold open, I think, sets up the film perfectly and gives you enough, like, mystery and intrigue as to what the rest of the film is going to look like and be. Um, and you get this very charismatic lead in Scarlet who's willing to kind of go, I don't even want to say the extra mile. She's willing to go. She's willing to go. The whole fucking yeah. marathon yeah. Um, uh, to get what she wants. You get some horror in there. I love the red lighting in yeah. those caves. Uh, the hanging body scary as fuck you get to uh figure out the that she's looking for the philosopher's stone nicholas F flamel is the name nicholas flamel, nicholas there we flamel. Go. um uh <laughs> i like all that so you get some horror you get some suspense some um some thrills um and again like it's I do think it's fitting that the last time we had a conversation, I know this wasn't the last thing that was released. The last thing that was released was the thing podcast, but that was recorded before our uh, conversation about Indiana Jones. And I do oh, feel yeah. fitting that that was the last discussion that we had. Cause it does just, like I said before, if you were going to, if I was going to get someone interested in Raiders like Raiders is kind of hard because I, I feel like you can you could pick any any nope. just like fucking throw a stone and you would hit a great YouTube scene yep. in Raiders of Lost Ark any scene you could show people would be like what the fuck is going on in this movie like I need to know more about this guy and his fucking whip mm -hmm. um, but any cold open in an Indiana Jones movie is a great YouTube mm. scene as far as I'm concerned. Oh, yeah. uh, a lot of times they're little movies in and of themselves. So. Yeah, they really are. They're kind of short, short film openers. Yeah. yeah. Um, what, uh, what's your favorite scene in this movie? My favorite scene in the movie um, is the scene where one of the characters finds, well, th where they come across piano. Oh, and yeah. that one character is like, this is just like the piano I had as a kid, but this one key doesn't work. And then the, when that key didn't work, I was like, that is fucking beautiful horror storytelling right there. Because, because it doesn't make sense. <laughs> hey. Hello. Okay. It's just some, some kids outside. Sorry, there's some kids having fun outside in my neighborhood. Unacceptable. And my dog is, she is an old man that wants them to get off her lawn. <laughs> Mocha, Mocha, come here, baby. Come here. Come sit on the couch. Be normal. 
you know, sorry. She's a very. No, no, um, I feel bad because I feel like every time in this uh, this conversation that like you've really been like getting going, like mm-hmm. there's been interruptions. There's interruptions. I'm really bad about that. <laughs> um. So I love the fucking the because it doesn't it doesn't make fucking sense. But because it's a piano in a room, your brain accepts that it's there. You know what I mean? It's yeah. not it's not a ghost coming out and and eating somebody. It's just a piano. You're like, oh, yeah, it's just a piano. But then when he realizes the key doesn't work, he's like, this is the piano from my house. Yes. And that doesn't make sense. There's something about that sort of surreal horror that triggers something in my brain that I just fucking love. I love that. Um, I know you're not really a video game person. Have you have you heard about the video game Returnal? Re- Returnal? No, I haven't. No? Okay, well, I'm not going to get too into it, but you're an astronaut on a on a uh, alien planet. And at one point on the alien planet, she comes across her childhood home and it's fucking scary. Right. And now that's a much more extreme example. And that this is actually why I like this one more is because it's, it's, it's like that, but it's, it's more grounded than that. It's, it's totally like, yeah, it's a piano. Like there's a piano here, but then you're like, how did a piano get here? Like how would a person bring a piano down into the catacombs? And why does it look exactly like my childhood piano? And why does the exact key that didn't work not work? Like, what the fuck is happening here? There's a there's an eerie sort of um, uh, creepiness to that that I just I love that I live for that. Yeah, I. Um... Anyone can do jump scares. You know what I mean? Jump scares yeah. are cheap. Anyone can do that. I I love that kind of thing where it's like ooh, spine tingling. Well, I like no, that. No, and that's that is my favorite thing in horror and we we touched on it before is i love it when something is foreboding yeah when you fear what is to come Mm -hmm. that feeling of dread is horror for me because that feeling of dread is the horror that i feel in my daily life the fear (laughs) of what the day will bring Mm-hmm. Um, and if you can do that right, which I feel like this film does the foreboding nature very, very well. Again, mm-hmm. the payoff, maybe not so much, but very rarely, in all honesty, does does a film pay off what what it sets up as right. far as I'm concerned, um, particularly when it comes to horror movies. But I agree. I love that scene. Um, I remember it being in the trailer. And it's okay in the trailer. But the way the film paces it and the way it plays out in the film, like, it, it gets me every time. Like, because it is right about then that the characters really, really know. Like, or at least George really, really knows mm-hmm. that something is wrong there's something wrong here yeah we're not just going through some tunnels yeah and and i just i love that that feeling when the characters are aware that something is wrong because we've all kind of experienced that in our life at some point a moment of like this is not good very rarely has it ever been so bad that we couldn't get out of it but we've all had that moment of like yeah we we this 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 is not what it's supposed to be yeah um my favorite scene is a little bit more 
dramatic, but it's because of that and because of what it what it means for literature and what it means for the film and again this being a film that's about going into hell um and how cool i think that is uh and again leaning into the foreboding nature of it all it's a very simple scene but where when they are at the little tunnel that they have to crawl through and um there's Latin writ written upon uh, the tunnel, and George uh, says, "Abandon all hope, ye who enter here." Yeah, here um, yeah. I I get fucking goosebumps. Like right now, I'm just like I get so excited. I I just think it's the coolest, scariest thing. And never in a million fucking years I would I would use my fucking fingernails to crawl out <laughs> the opposite direction. I would do everything I could. Never in a million years would I go into that fucking Never. Time. No, no way. Um, um and I just think it's so cool and so scary. Like if that was written on something that far deep into the earth, like there's just no way. Like <laughs> Like supernatural <laughs> shit aside, yeah, nah, yeah, nah, you know, whatever's on the other side of that tunnel is nothing that I want to experience. <laughs> I, I just think that that shit is so fucking cool and scary in all the best ways, and it's like that's that's what I live for as far as horror is concerned. Yeah, um, what do you think as far as rewatch value? How often, you know, there's there's couple of different ways to approach this um a like how much fun did you have watching this movie is it a fun movie to watch that you'd be like yeah i'd like to watch that movie again and is it a movie like if we i always like to to use the the um parameters of spielberg where you have jurassic park over here and you have schindler's list over here <laughs> Mm -hmm. <laughs> one of these movies right. is infinitely rewatchable right um so in terms of Schindler's <laughs> list in jurassic park where would you uh put as above so below as far as rewatchability is concerned um i would put it um <laughs> i would i would put it closer to the middle but um, probably, probably slightly more over to the Schindler's List side. I don't see myself rewatching it a ton. Mm -hmm. um, I enjoyed it; like I liked the movie, and I could see myself watching it again. Yeah. But um, I just my horror rewatch schedule is already really strong. Yeah. It's hard to break into that rotation unless you're you really show me something. So. I get that. I can see myself rewatching it at some point, like like Halloween two years from now. We might watch it again. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, again, that's kind of where, like, mm -hmm. I say there's there's different ways to approach it because, mm -hmm. you know, there are movies that I'm like, yeah, I had a lot of fun watching that, and I'd love to rewatch that with like a friend or a yeah. group of people, or just throw it on in the background as. Mm -hmm. 
I always say like throw it on the background. I don't know how to have background washes for movies. <laughs> if there's something on that I like, you're watching I it. I'm gonna sit down and watch it. Like people yeah. that like just throw stuff on in the background and mm -hmm. go about their daily lives. Like Brian works while he watches movies, and I'm like, yeah, that's impossible. No, like I, 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 all my attention is focused mm -hmm. on this movie. Um, that being said. What would you what, like out of a scale of, like out of ten? Where would you put this? One to ten. Uh, rewatchability or just generally? Yeah. Uh, rewatchability. Um, I don't know. Maybe like a five. It's 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 it, it's rewatchable. Yeah. Like it's an enjoyable movie. So like I do think it has some rewatch value. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't see myself rewatching it like often. Like certain movies, like I'll go see them and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm gonna watch that like all the time. Again and again. Yeah, and um, I, I would say also like, you know, for the listeners and audience members that Kalen is not like like a horror head like I am. Like I would say I watch 90 to 95 percent horror movies right and filter in other things you mm -hmm. watch cinema in general yeah so um while i know that you love horror and you are a horror fan mm -hmm. there's there's a difference in terms no it's true it's true i don't just watch horror movies i yeah. watch a, a very wide yeah uh range and spectrum of, of flicks for sure so you have to take that into account. For me, I would put this film at like a seven point five out of ten. From the way I if, I, if I could only watch horror movies, I would definitely rewatch this movie at some point. How's that? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, for me, this is like seven point five out of ten, and and that's not to say that like I rewatch it every year. It is a movie that I like to sit on and think about and be like, I'm gonna watch that movie again. And that's kind of how this came about this year. Is like, dude, it's been a minute since I watched As Above, So Below. I really, really have fun watching that movie i should watch it soon and the idea of watching it and if a movie that like i haven't seen in a while and like i get excited about watching it because i had fun watching it like that's got rewatch value to it to mm -hmm. it you know um so i take all that shit into account so for me it's like a 7.5 out of 10 i think this is a i i think it's a fun movie like yeah. i think it's a fun movie to watch like and that the ending and even the, the things that I have issues with lend itself to its rewatchability because mm. it's not particularly bleak. Like there's some, right. Right. you know, really messed up things that happen and people die and it is a dark, dark film. But at the end of the mm. day, like I said, three characters fucking survive this. It's yeah. not like a, a one person or a no person show at the end. So it is not a terribly bleak movie like The Descent, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. um, starts I, off with the death of like a fucking child and a husband who is cheating on his wife and right. all that shit. So right, right. You know, I, I will. I will say that like as I'm thinking about this, this movie probably would only be like a couple of tweaks away from being a pretty big rewatcher for me. Yeah. Like if a couple of things had been done a little bit differently, because there there were moments in the movie where I was like, damn, this is tight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it like I said, it, I'm and I very much feel that that way. Like it's 
it's a Spielbergian quality away from being yeah. a fucking blockbuster. Like that's <laughs> yes. that's where we're at with this. Yeah. Um, well, I think that's gonna about do it for the rewatch. So we might as well uh, stop uh, twiddling our thumbs and get on over to the Johnny Horror Score. <laughs> Here at the Johnny Horror Score, we're just going to talk a little bit about uh, the quote-unquote legacy of the film, a.k.a. basically what the film's reception was. And uh, as you might have heard before, uh, it it, it wasn't very positive. So if you will permit me uh, a moment to do some reading from good old Wikipedia then uh, we will uh, continue on our discussion. So uh, big thanks to everyone who's contributed to the Wikipedia page for As Above, So Below, because as you know, on the Johnny Horror podcast, we do zero research because we do not get paid for that shit. (laughs) Uh, On Rotten Tomatoes, the film holds an approval rating of 28% based on 80 reviews and an average rating of 4.70 out of 10. The website's critical consensus reads, after an intriguing setup that threatens to claw its way out of found footage overkill, as above, so below, plummets into cliched mediocrity. On Metacritic, the film has a weighted average of 39 out of 100 based on 24 critics, indicating generally unfavorable reviews. Audience polled similar score gave the film an average grade of C- on a a plus to F scale. Peter Dubruge gave the film a mixed review in Variety, writing, "It makes all, it all makes for clumsy, fun escapism. Not as bad, not bad as end of summer chillers go, but small time compared to other legendary release releases." Uh, De Bruges also called the ending unspeakably corny. Uh, Kyle Anderson's review in Entertainment Weekly stated, As above, has some genuine scares. The stakes begin as gut-wrenchingly real with the teen feeling disoriented uh, hundreds of meters beneath the streets, but the film gets downright silly once the caverns become malevolently sentient. Uh, Bruce DeMara wrote in the Toronto Star, As Above, So Below, has some good scares and a decent cast, but it's yet another found footage thriller so jittery camera sequences may induce nausea. Peter Bradshaw stated in The Guardian, there's some interesting, interestingly contrived moments of claustrophobia and surreal lunacy but this cliched and slightly hand-me-down script neither scares nor amuses very satisfyingly. Um, Why is it a hand-me-down script? Huh? Uh, th- that's Does he mean that literally, or is he just insulting it? I think he's just insulting it. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, there's a lot more blah, blah, blah bullshit um, to discuss. Uh, we got right here the box office results. Film grossed eight point three million. Is hoping we can finishing third place. He wanted to gross uh, twenty one point three in North America and twenty point six in other territories for a gross total of a uh, total gross of 
$41.9 million, which I don't think is bad. I'm assuming it had a fairly small budget here. Let's see what the budget. Oh, it had like a $5 million budget. It did? Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I would say that is a, yeah, exactly $5 million. Mm-hmm. And what, what was the total world, worldwide gross? Uh, just under $42 million. Oh, yeah. Very profitable movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and this is definitely a film that, like, it's a film that is not talked about often. Um, I am on Instagram every day. I see a lot of people post about horror movies all the time, and a a lot of them are underappreciated gems, and a lot of them are dumb, dumb trash. Um, mm-hmm. looking at you, anybody who posts about Halloween or resurrection, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> kidding, you can love what you love. We all love what we love. That's right. Um, no hate but, here. but this is a film that I really do not see talked about often, which I think yeah. is really unfortunate is one of the reasons why I want to talk about it, because I do think as far as horror movies go, as far as horror movies that are found footage that. I mean, there's there's nothing like this out there. Yeah, there's nothing like this out there. So, in in those terms, like it it does feel like a very very special film to me. So, um, with that in mind, I I would like to hear your final thoughts and rankings of this movie. A uh, good movie, a uh, good enjoyable movie. I um. I liked it. I, I really liked some of the surreal horror. I really liked some of the Indiana Jones stuff we had going on. Um, I'm just going to take a quick look at my notes just in case I mm-hmm. missed something here. Um, yeah, I love like I love like the scene, like the piano scene, the 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 phone, like the phone that was ringing down there. Like I thought that shit was awesome. Um, I liked the 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 spookiness of it. Um, I liked the, the ending ending. I didn't love the third act as much as I loved the ending. Um, yeah, I like it. I think it's a good movie. Um, I do. I think it's bizarre that it's, it's got like, that it sits at 28% on RT, honestly. Like, I think that's, that's a little weird to me. Like, I think it's, it's better than that. I get why some people wouldn't like it, but I wouldn't think like an overwhelming majority wouldn't like it. It, it didn't seem seems like it was a little bit of a punching bag. Um, even like the C minus on, um, on cinema scores, like yeah. what kind of movie were you guys hoping to go see? Cause yeah, I thought this kind of, del- you know what I mean? Like you're going to see a movie called as above, so below it's a horror movie. I kind of thought it delivered. I'm, I'm surprised that it got a C. I would have guessed it would have gotten more like a B. Yeah. A B minus like, uh, at, yeah, uh, very I, loose, I, right? I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect it to have a, a C minus. Like that's, that's weird to me. That's mm-hmm. bizarre. Yeah. Um, I'd probably give this movie like a seven out of 10 as far yeah. as my rankings go, like solid, fun, enjoyable, spooky movie that had some, some cool things going for it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm right there with you. Uh, I think it is a film that unfortunately was just released in, in the wrong time. Yeah. 
you have found footage fatigue. Definitely. Um, you just have general horror fatigue. I think this premise is, is so unique. Um, like I said moments ago, there, there's nothing like this out there. Like I cannot think of another movie that deals in these terms that blends the real and the surreal as you just go deeper and deeper in the earth and you don't know what is right in front of you, whether or not that's actually happening or if you're imagining it. Right. Um, and then just in terms of what you're dealing with on the most basic level, like there are not enough movies about hell. It's just <laughs> fucking gold mine that mm -hmm. no one is fucking with. Like you can, oh, you know what you gotta do, bro. <laughs> you can tell so many stories mm -hmm. in regards to what you think that looks like. And it's mm -hmm. all, it's all gravy because it's whatever you can imagine. Right. So however you want to play it. You want to play it as fire and brimstone. Uh, you want to play it as this dark, cold place. The, the deeper you get, like it's all, it's all good. Um, that is one of the reasons why I put my show in that place right. because right. It, you can do whatever you want down there like yeah. i went through all of dante's different levels and they're almost all featured in my show at some point or another i i ramped up the number by like thousands not mm -hmm. millions because it's just like oh that the, the levels of hell would be endless as far as i'm concerned there would be no no end you would just go and go and go and keep dying um but i love 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 that as as a playground for creativity um as a horror fan so this is uh an underrated gem as far as I'm yeah. concerned. Yeah, I think uh, so. Doesn't go as hard as I would like it to being an aggressive horror fan. You know, I want <laughs> all of my like movies that deal like horror movies that deal in these terms. I want them to be the thing, you know, yeah. I, I want those stakes yeah, um, I I want that bleakness. Not all, not for all of my horror movies, but for horror movies that are kind of dealing in in nihilism and and humanity in this way. I I I, I want that. Um, but all those things uh, take into account. I'm I ready with it. It. this is a this is a seven out of ten for me. Um, so that's, that's a seven out of 10 collectively for the, uh, Johnny horror podcast for as above, so below, uh, one kind of final big question to, uh, wrap up this, uh, this app, uh, what would you put as a double feature with as above, so below, if you were setting up the drive in and, uh, you uh, wanted to do yeah. a, a two-movie feature. Well, 
I had a couple of thoughts on this one. Mm-hmm. My first thought was sticking with found footage that you could do Cloverfield, and that that would be fun. That suits actually. My my second thought was keeping the European vibe and um, something like let the right one in or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I landed on uh, Creep. Have you ever seen Creep? I have seen Creep. Yeah, I think because Creep is also sort of the found footage thing going on. And I also think it's kind of an underrated gem. Um, and I would arrange it so that Creep was first. And As Above, So Below was second because Creep is a little bit slower. Yeah. But I think that's a great underrated horror movie that more people should see. And I think that'd be a really cool double feature. It also, like, oddly has that same vibe of, like, I would say, like, a good... The the first 25 to 50% of As Above, So Below plays out, like, like it is, like, a cinematic blockbuster. Like, Mm -hmm. you're kind of having fun, you know? Yeah. Yep. Um, and I think Creep plays that same way where there are, there are definitely moments in the beginning, but first you just kind of think the guy's just kind of a weird guy mm-hmm. that he's fairly yep. harmless. And then by the end of the picture, you realize that it's, it's much darker than what you were anticipating. Uh, <laughs> it's fucking way darker. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, so I really, I really like that movie personally. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, that was, it's a very unsettling film. Dude, when you saw that axe outside, uh, did you think maybe I would kill you with it? <laughs> like, what the fuck? Uh, sorry. Yeah, no, that's, yeah. It, uh, uh, yeah. yeah. Just the wolf mask scene by the uh-huh. door. Just like everything. Yep. Um, maybe one day we'll talk about Creep. Yeah, that'd be a good idea. <laughs> Uh, for me, I think, uh, I landed on an obvious take, but it also is like, it's, it is a perfect double feature, so I couldn't shake it. Um, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Definitely. So uh they both uh I don't know, they both have a driving quality about them too. Absolutely. So, uh yeah, that would be my pick. Um I mean you know how I feel about that movie. your favorite, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh it's one of my favorite movies, period. What is your favorite movie? Now you got me curious. If you had to it, gun to the head right now, like what's your favorite movie of all time? Very tough question. Um, because the cinema is a broad fucking thing, mm-hmm. but it probably is unbreakable or, um, the never ending story. Hmm. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna push you in the unbreakable direction just because I, I, I hate that horse scene. I, I, but it's so good. It's <laughs> so good. I mean, it's, it, it, it's, it's. It's real, you know. The yeah. the the yeah. pain of, of loss is like that. It is. Um, I mean, it probably is unbreakable. Like that's probably my favorite movie ever made. Yeah. 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 Good pick. Yeah. One day we're gonna have to we're gonna have to have a in depth conversation. We've talked about this. One day we're gonna do the <clears throat> the the trilogy for sure. Yeah. Yeah, but definitely. 
we might need to have just a a, a Shyamalan. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. Ranking episode, yeah. I think that'd be fun. Yeah. Uh, like signs, like extremely underrated, right? Like yes, incredibly yes. underrated. Yeah, signs is great. It's a great fucking flick. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll save it. We'll save it. We'll yeah. save it because I, yeah. I got. I, got a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I think we, we might have just uh, discovered our our next episode. Yeah. Um, but uh, that's gonna do it for this this round on the uh, the Johnny Horror Podcast. I really want to thank my guest slash co-host. I feel like you're on here more often than anybody else. So uh, yeah. Brian has the, the Johnny Jaws cast, but as far as the Johnny yeah. Moore podcast is concerned, I think you're, you're, you are my most recurring guest. So you might have the, uh, the title of co-host for now. Um, Kalen Behrman. Thanks buddy. This is as always just the most fun and engaging conversations. And uh, I'm, I am, so grateful that you uh, lend your time and come up and talk movies with me, buddy. Anytime, man. Well, um, just want to wish everyone a happy, happy Halloween. Yeah, um, happy Halloween, guys. Have fun. Yeah, this this episode will be dropping sometime in the middle of October. Um, so all you crazy trick-or-treaters, y'all be safe out there don't do anything i wouldn't do if you do call me and uh until next time uh adios muchachos peace